Gaming is an adventure. You can delve into the deepest sea or soar above the highest mountain. You can become the hero, slay dragons, or rule entire civilizations. You can do this all alone or with the fellowship of the best companions. So what do you say? Are you ready to go on an adventure? This is the Gaming Adventure Club Podcast. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Gaming Adventure Club Podcast. I am your host, Manny G, and I am joined, as always, by TX Antiman. What's up, buddy? The one and only. That's true. There, there, you're the only one that I know of. In TX, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yes. <laughs> but Andy, we are not alone tonight. Thank God. I know, right? <laughs> we have we have the one and only from the Outplayed podcast. With no E. With no E. Eric. Well, with an E. Well, that, with yeah. an E. Yeah, yes. there is an E in Eric. That's, <laughs> that's true. Yes. <laughs> you kind of threw Eric me off, Andy. It. I was Eric, just going to say Rick. Eric stole it. <laughs> yeah, right. so you'd be like Rick. No, no, the Dude, Eric. You know. Thanks for coming, buddy. Oh yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. Uh, this is <laughs> this is going to be. I'm so stoked for this episode tonight. Mm-hmm. I am really, really hyped. Yeah, yeah so. I am. I am happy to have you here. Andy was the the brilliant one who said, "You know what? We need to get Eric on here. Yeah, if sure. we're going to be talking a little bit about Warframe, and we're oh, going yeah. to." Uh, Tenacon just happened. That is the Warframe convention. And dude, I was impressed. Really cool stuff. But we're going to get to that in just a minute. Uh, But before we do, Eric, just in case we have anyone listening that doesn't know who you are, let people know what you do. Well, all right. What I do in podcast land is uh, hang out with two of my best friends on a little show called Outplayed. That's still outplayed with no E, of course. Uh, what we do is we focus on first players, uh, first person shooters, and trying to get better as as a group and as a team. And uh, we build a little bit of community. Well, mostly thanks to the Gaming Adventure Club, but also thanks to uh, Destiny Reset Podcast. Just just the notion of building up a team, uh, a, a community around a game. And for now, uh, our season one, we're focusing on Apex Legends. That is really good. I love Pregnant love the pause. podcast of obviously I really love you guys. The three of you are dear to my heart. And I really mean that. And it's a great show. Like I really like it. You guys have a great like production value and it's always fun and entertaining. And uh well, Andy, yeah. do you like the show? Oh heck yeah. Well <laughs> I listen, I've always said I am a faithful downloader. Okay. Uh-huh. I never miss a show. Ever. Download. Downloading. Go. I never miss a show. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I drop in on you guys periodically, and especially if it's like a hot topic that you guys are like, oh, hey, we're talking about this or that, and then I'll hop in and give it a listen. Yeah, but, uh, well, you know, Flavors and, and Lurson make it real easy to mm-hmm. hang out with, and, we you know, we mm-hmm. play a lot together, and, um, and we've always wanted to get better at games, and so that's that's our focus. It's not news and things like that, so it's sort of... A little different than the podcast that you guys bring out there. I, in fact, I listen to you guys for all of the news. Um, I just focus on two games right now. So I, I rely on you guys to tell me everything about everything else. Lord Uh-oh. help us all. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like you mentioned, you guys do have a, a, a Discord community, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. I kind of I lurk in there sometimes. I don't participate too often unless somebody pings me. 
but but it's great. It's really cool. So um, yeah, you guys, if you haven't heard the Outplayed podcast, go check it out. It is really cool. Like you said, it, you guys focus on tactics. And I really think that a lot of things you guys say can be carried over to a lot of other team-based games. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's it has a lot of value. Oh, yeah. That's definitely our intent. We don't just focus on a single game. Um, we just happen to be focusing on one right now just because it's easier. If we were hip-hopping, you know, flip-flopping back and forth between a bunch of games, I think people just get confused. Yeah. So yeah, this gives yeah. us a structure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I could see if you guys had like a, if each of you kind of specialized in your own specific game, how like every week you could talk about different games, but you guys are all laser focused right now on that, that Apex season two just came out. So oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, I, I, I like the show, but I really want that season two, whatever it's going to be. I don't know what game. You guys are going to talk about, but I'm looking forward to season two. As soon as we find out ourselves, we'll let you know for sure. Yeah. 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 Well, dude, we haven't even thought about it yet. Apex a- is hot still, you know? Dude, it's still hot. Me. Well, and there's a lot of stuff on the horizon, right? We've talked about We've kind of, you know, uh, brainstormed ideas for you guys, right? <laughs> like, oh, this, game, this game sounds good. Maybe season two of Outplay. Yeah. You know, like this season game. two, wink, wink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. No, there's, yeah. no of, there's a ton of good games on the horizon. So it's going to be rough. Oh, it's yeah. going to be rough to decide, you know, especially since we've got the first person shooter focus. But I mean, honest to God, a lot of these tactics could be used in anything. I mean, mm-hmm. Manning, technically, you could be using them in division, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure, man. But yeah, Eric, uh, Flav, Lurson, go download their podcast and check it out. Top-notch humans, all of them. Oh, yes. The toppest of notches. That's right. (laughs) Are you you guys ready to jump into a bit of gaming news? Heck yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so first up from Engadget, Gears 5 multiplayer test is starting July 19th. Season 2, wink, wink. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, that's some of the, oh man, just some of the stuff that they've told us about already. Ah, level design maybe even it yes dude just the whole um well all right let's let's read the story and we'll talk about it the coalition and microsoft have offered a peek at gears 5 cooperative escape mode you can get your hands on this july 19th through the 21st or july 26th through the 29th those are the times we're going to be able to get our hands on this it's Mm. available on windows 10 pc and xbox one owners you can start the download july 17th they're going to be testing Arcade, Escalation, King of the Hill game modes, and a boot camp for practice and a short tour of duty. There is a small catch, though. You have to already have pre-ordered the game or be a Game Pass oh, t- subscriber. T- t- talk to me, Manny. Uh-huh. If you are a <laughs> Game Pass speaking my subscriber, <laughs> then this is already all yours. So yeah, I th- we've actually been kind of selling Game Pass pretty pretty hard because it has been such a ridiculous deal lately. And uh so so yeah, if you if you have bought into the Game Pass thing, then this uh this is available to you and I am I can't wait to download this. I'm excited. Me neither. Oh yeah, same. Same Z's bud. Can't wait. We're going to do Hey, is this going to be the re- triumphant return of uh Andy and Manny? I think probably, dude. Yes. Let's do it. That's only a couple weeks away. Um, So what we learned about the escape mode, remember that we saw at E3 how it's like, not like, it's kind of like a 
a reverse horde mode kind of like you you drop into a place you plant some bombs and then you have to escape and then it just becomes harder as you go and they have this whole this whole mode where you can actually create and do a lot of level designing in game so you can make your own right. maps with its own difficulties and modifiers and stuff and you have to beat it if you can beat it then you can release it for other people to play oh, it wow. that sounds so awesome yeah. like I, I can't wait that this part sounds is so fun yeah yeah. yeah, that that part, the yes. fact that you have to design a level and beat it yourself before you inflict it on the community, uh, that, yeah. that's just, just sheer gold yeah. right there. <laughs> I can't wait. This is, like I talked about it before, uh, which actually prompted a drop dead to buy an Xbox. I said, we're going to have some community Gears 5 nights playing this stuff. And he's like, well, I guess I'll buy an Xbox. And he did. Oh, so that's, that's awesome. Yeah. That's dropkick. He awesome. meant Dropkick. Yeah. What, yes. did, what did I say? You said, I think you said drop dead. <laughs> drop, oh, no. drop kick, drop kick, Hoonigan. drop kick, Hoonigan. Yes. yes, yeah. I just saw a picture of him in a laundromat. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Yeah. He's dude. He's been on a. It's that vacation, bro. He's on vacation mode. He's like throwing up pics and yeah. Dude, oh yeah, it's, it's awesome. I love it, man. All right, yes. Yeah, so get your hands on this. Download it. It's gonna be good, man. Yeah, it'll it's gonna be, be good. Fun. All right. Next up, Remedy. Remedy acquires publishing rights to Ellen Wake. So this story comes from IGN Remedy, the creators of Max Payne, who's currently working on Control, a supernatural third-person action-adventure game releasing August 27th, has acquired the publishing rights for Alan Wake. Mm. So Alan Wake is a supernatural horror game made for the Xbox 360 back in 2010. So I don't know if you guys remember this game, but I remember this was such a part of the hype for the Xbox 360. A lot of people were into it. It was it supposed to have pretty episodes, well. right? They didn't have like episodes that released periodically. Wasn't that the, the its hook? Oh, dude, that's a that's a left curveball for me, buddy, because I don't remember. I thought it was. I, I may be speaking uh, out of both sides of my mouth. I was going to say <laughs> something else. We got to keep it clean. Well, th this is from the, in case <laughs> so you don't that, remember that part this game, speak, man. Yeah, no. Yeah, right. it, well, it does make noise. Well, but. well. <laughs> <laughs> you'd be surprised at the words he can get out. Okay, anyways. All right. Uh, this is from the IGN review. In case you don't remember, Ellen Wake. Fill the shoes of one Ellen Wake, a man who makes his living from the terror of others as a best-selling suspense novelist. Trapped in a deceptively peaceful Washington town of Bright Falls, where he came to escape the trauma of losing his fiance. Ellen must piece together a mystery to prevent himself from being trapped inside a nightmare world forever. So it was a kind of a thriller, terror, scary game. They gave it an 8.5. It sold 4.5 million copies on Xbox alone. It was a Xbox exclusive. This is pretty interesting. I think this is cool. And I think they're going to probably make a new Alan Wake game because of this. Uh, but the, one of the reasons why I wanted to bring this up and kind of chat about this a little bit is like, why? Why would Xbox or Microsoft let this license, the publishing license, go to Remedy? Because they've been buying studios up. Why didn't they just try and buy Remedy? And we know that mm -hmm. Sony, they recently said that they are now interested in acquiring studios. And I think actually Remedy would be a really good fit because they're all about that single player experience, which is kind of right up Sony's alley. Mm -hmm. So so yeah. what do you guys think? Just making some guesses here. Are we going to see another Alan Wake? And what do you think is going to happen with the studio itself? 
Well, I mean, it, look, the the simple fact of you know the company spending right the 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 money to yes. to get that license, I I think speaks to, I'm sure their intent, right? Mm-hmm. What happens beyond that? I mean, if. I mean, I think your guess is better than mine. Sounds like you're speculating <laughs> uh, that, you know, PlayStation might make a move here. Yeah, I'm just thinking too deeply here. Yeah, I mean, maybe. But we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Alan Wake, Battle Royale. <laughs> <laughs> Season two. Yes. There you go. There you go. Season two. Uh, you know, I, it's going to be interesting to see because, again, it's a single-person story, and that seems to be on the up and up now, right? There's yes. a lot more focus on these single-person experiences. Um, so I'm, I, it's going to be fun to kind of follow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, despite, the, the, what, uh, despite what EA and Activision would have us think, right? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. yeah, but, you know, the Star Wars uh, single-player games coming out at the end of this year, mm-hmm. I think that's going to do really well. So I think towards the end of the year, that's people are just going to hunger for that more and more for these these experiences. And let's be honest, these things have never died. People have always craved these single player RPG experiences. So, well, certainly when they're you know when you slap horror onto it, really, yeah, I mean, honestly, any of the, the supernatural or, or horror film types yes. genres, that's that's perfect for a first person story. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. They're going to finish up Control. That's coming out August 27th. I know Duff is looking forward to that. He's been talking about it a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think exciting times are coming for Remedy. So that's that's good. Good for them. And I'm actually happy that they now have the publishing rights, and which means they can go on any platform, which is, you know, they don't have to be Xbox exclusive with Alan Wake any longer. So mm-hmm. good luck to them. There you go. Hey, guys, let's talk about... Shenmue 3. Mm. So Shenmue 3, this game would not be in development without the millions of dollars provided by thousands of Kickstarters. So Mm -hmm. the community kind of got together, gave them money and said, please make this game. And it's it's just uh, it's it's a sequel to the first two games. And, you know, it looks like a Kickstarter type game, but this is what people wanted so these donors at the start were promised a Steam key for their donation. Oh but it was recently announced that Epic Game Store would be getting an exclusive on this. It would not be offered on Steam. Steam keys will no longer exist. So Man. all these people were kind of told, you know what? You backed us. We promised you Steam keys. You get no Steam keys. You get an Epic Game Store st- key instead. Uh, so yeah, that kind of... That kind of uh, that kind of stinks, right? Mm-hmm. If you promise to to give something, you should give it. Uh, I, <laughs> I get that there's you know, but I get that Epic has come along probably in the meantime ever since the Kickstarter kick started. But, yes, I mean you know, <laughs> good, good God, good faith, right? Yeah, yeah. So what happened was that there's a big outcry. So the developer said, you know what, we're gonna offer all backers whoever des- whoever desires it a full refund if they don't want to play the game on the Epic Store. So that's actually a really cool thing to do because a lot of people are just, they're morally opposed to what Epic is doing. They think it's actually wrong what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So that's that's their right to feel that way. And now they don't have to be forced to play on that platform if they don't want to. After that, though, Tim Sweeney gets on Twitter. He says that Epic is funding the cost of all the Kickstarter refunds so that it will not negatively 
impact the funding of the developer, YesNet. I think that's what they're called. Y-S-N-E-T. YesNet? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sounds good to me. Okay. So that's that's really cool. They said that they're going to go ahead and pay for it. And the way Epic has been making their exclusive deals is they basically buy, they, they pre-buy several copies of the game. They say, okay, we're giving you this Epic Store deal, right? You're saving so much money by going with us. And we're going to pre-purchase X amount of copies so you have money right out the gate. Before the game's even on sale, you have the money in your pocket for so many purchases into the future. That is really, really enticing for small developers. It's no wonder why people are going to them. You know, they give they pre-purchase all these uh, these uh, games and they're like, but you can't sell it anywhere else. <laughs> you have all this yeah. money, but you can't sell it anywhere else for six yeah. months. It's it's pretty crazy. It yeah. is a really funny thing that's going on right now. Mm-hmm. Tim Sweeney says this is how he's going to disrupt the whole uh, experience, the monopoly that Steam has. He wants to break that. Mm-hmm. He wants developers to have a larger piece of the pie because they're making the game after all. People are saying, hey, 30% that Steam is taking is just way too much and outrageous. Other people are demonstrating that it's not outrageous and it's actually right on the mark. So who's right? Who's telling the truth? I don't know. But it's it's a crazy little war to be observing and these tactics that they're using. Well, and then further, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you have you've got Steam on one side, you've got Epic on the other. But in this very specific case, you've got this situation, right, where this game was funded by people. Just yes. regular old blue collar, work hard for your money, right? Mm-hmm. Or who knows, right? Could yeah, be anybody any color. Internet internet world, right? <laughs> um, uh, but then you get all this backlash, but these guys already have the funding, right? Epic steps in and says, oh, look at this game that you're starting to make because all these people gave you money. We're interested. Here, we'll give you an exclusivity deal, right? More yes. money in their pockets. People get upset. These guys are like, well... Well, you know, we got our foot in the door. We got funding now. Epic wasn't interested before, but now all of a sudden, right? <laughs> <laughs> they want in. And yeah. uh, and then it just kind of goes full circle. It's almost like, uh, it almost seems like some, some kind of like a Quentin Tarantino script, right? <laughs> like, or like, you know, Ocean's Eleven, right? Where this really complex, convoluted plan to finally get funding from Epic. Oh yeah, you guys here. They're gonna they're giving you refunds. We don't even have to worry about it anymore. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. But, well, this is crazy. Epic is fully in the business of securing exclusives. Mm-hmm. And they're they're just going to continue doing this business practice because this is what they believe. This is the only strategy they have, the only option they have to break into this business and to kind of break up what Steam has kind of uh, has done. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know, like how do I how do I personally feel about this? I I think if they're providing a safe and secure platform for the customers, I don't really care that they're securing all these exclusives. Mm-hmm. Um, but but that's the question though is their platform safe and secure does it have the features that people not only want but need really mm-hmm. you know are they doing anything uh bad with the user data that re- that they're receiving you know is, is their platform right, actually yeah. safe and secure and so i don't know if if those big big questions can be answered without any shadow of a doubt 
then um, hey, I guess go for it. Yeah, they're well, at war. You Continue. know, I I, th- I think the part that's getting lost a little bit though is it's it's the all of these small developers who might not otherwise get their games published are making sort of a dance with the devil, right? Mm-hmm. I yes. mean, sure, if they try to do it on their own, they might be able to release it on more platforms, or yeah. maybe just never release it at all. But yes. then they're sort of locked in, right? You're exactly. locked in with Epic for the long haul. So you have to decide, I guess, what the scope is. So on the one part, I'm, I'm feeling like it's better for the consumers, right? Us as mm-hmm. gamers, yeah. because all of these uh, small titles are going to get to publish a bunch of these just, you know, off the wall games and, and just, you know, hopefully that'll, that'll cause some wider disruption through the gaming industry. But on the other hand, I kind of feel bad for these smaller studios, man. I mean, you know, these guys are already probably overworked anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so then, and now they're now they're locked into a, an exclusivity contract, kind of. So it's going to be interesting to see how this all shakes out, for sure. Yeah, interesting for sure. And I think this is kind of necessary to kind of uh, challenge Steam's uh, business model, because Steam also has a lot of problems. There's a lot of things about Steam's yeah. business model that that's just not really pro consumer, but. It's what people like. It's what a lot of people are happy with. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Stand by. (laughs) Stand by. And next up, if you remember a few weeks or months ago where Activision Blizzard had laid off over 800 employees. That's right. And then after they kind of of, uh, gloated about their record earnings. But then they said they didn't have anything to release for 2019. So they had to let people go. They let people, they let like a lot of people go pretty crazy, but it's, you know, that in and of itself is, is kind of, kind of scummy where you're saying you made more money than you ever have before, but you have to fire 800 people. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? Hmm? They're hiring again. And what's <laughs> terrible about this is that they're hiring for some of the positions that they just eliminated. Yeah. And what makes matters worse is that some of the people that were fired still don't have jobs. And their positions Goodness. that they used to fill, they're uh they're they're open. This is insane. Yeah. And this is really yeah. a, a sad part of of business here. Right. No kidding. No kidding, man. It's like, it's a huge machine, man. That's, you know, that's honestly, that's probably all it is. It's like someone is like, hey, you know what? We don't have anything on the horizon. I think we could cut cost here, you know, eliminate about 800 positions. You know what I mean? And so they go ahead and do it. And then someone else in another department says, hey, um, it looks like we're a little light on these positions. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I know we don't have anything on the horizon, but it, it's not a bad idea to get them on board and just get them up and running so that when mm. we have the projects. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I listened I, to... It, go ahead, Eric. Sorry. No, it's just this this economic shell game, right? Yes. So they had to make their end of the year report. So they fired a bunch of folk knowing probably ahead of time that they were going to have to hire them back just to be able to remain somewhat you know, capable of releasing other games. Right. I, I just... 
this this is the the dirty underbelly of mm-hmm. a creative industry and it's just right? it's just normal yes. business practice for them right right yeah <laughs> right yeah it's just you know well we got to make our earnings report because yeah. otherwise this you know the the people sitting on the board aren't going to be happy with us um it just and you know people's lives are in the balance as a consequence and not only that I, you know the, the, there's there's probably some creativity that's gotten stalled as a recon- as a consequence right because all these folks got laid off so that meant that well, what happened to all the people who were still working on stuff? Yes. So I, I just this sort of this sort of business practice is a bit of a shame. Um, this is the, the downside of gaming, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I listen to a lot of like Blizzard oriented podcasts still, even though I haven't played any Blizzard games for a really long time. There's there's a lot of of problems in the Blizzard community right now. They fired a lot of those community people and a lot of different events that were supposed to happen just never happened because they fired the people who were in charge of these community events and stuff. And and it's just like it, it looks like Blizzard has just dropped the ball on so many so many different things as uh, pertains to the community. And it's pretty sad. And I don't know why they're not trying to look for and recruit some of these people that they let go and try to help like build their lives back and to have a bit more humanity in their business practices. But unfortunately the type of business this is it's, you know, it's a publicly traded company. They care more about what their shareholders tell them to do. So there's not a lot left for a human soul in these places. So mm. it's pretty sad. Oh, I, I guess we just need to get rich. That's what we need to do, right? So that we can become the shareholders. That's all it is. There you step go. Step one, become really rich. <laughs> step two, buy out all sorts of gaming companies. Step three, live happy. Right. Yeah. I, I, I just can't get past step one somehow. Yeah. Well, hey. Let's talk about EA really quick. <laughs> oh boy, our favorite. This, this is this is what just do, going downhill, buddy. What did yeah. we drag you in here for? All right, so, so we're going through the lull so that we can have a high point at the end. But, oh, no, 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 no. I, I actually, you know, EA, EA does release some good games. So let's let's hear what you have to say, buddy. Okay. Well, Matt Bilby of EA, they had a they had an interview with uh, GamesIndustry.biz. This is an interesting thing that he had to say. He said, 25 years at EA, and I struggle with the external perception that we're just a bunch of bad guys. Because you are. (laughs) (laughs) We love making and playing games. Unfortunately, when we make a mistake on games, the world knows about it because it's of scale and size. So this is hilarious. We, yeah. He probably uh, he what? probably is sitting there in the interview saying, "We love making and playing money games, games." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Surprise! It, surprise! Yeah, the external uh, uh, perception that they're just a bunch of bad guys. He says that it's yeah. due to the mistakes they have made. Oh, God. Mistakes, right? Uh, see, I have no doubt that they love making games, and and I have no doubt that they probably love playing games. But that's immaterial, isn't it? Exactly. If you're, I mean, it just doesn't matter. This is a this again. There's another shell game, sort of uh, smoke and mirrors job here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So their mistakes. They're definitely under a microscope, but we don't consider them mistakes. We consider them. You know these these microtransactions. You you download an EA game. I just I just uh, read an article where uh, I forgot what game it was, but there's this EA sports game that's on mobile right now where you can spend like ninety nine dollars to unlock unlock a player and stuff. And it's like my goodness, are you kidding me? 
like extreme prices, they're really looking to get as much money. They want to extract as much money as they possibly can from their customers. And in 25 years, Matt, this guy, Matt, he's just, he's just so uh, baffled. Like what in the world? We're bad guys. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I think, I think in some ways you guys are bad guys. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah, dude. Well, I mean, yeah, you know. I, I think, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. If, if, if you, what is the thing about you? You know, you make a mistake, that's shame on you. Fool me yeah. once. Fool me once. Uh-huh. Uh, whatever the George Bush couldn't figure it out either. <laughs> but, I, but honest to God, man, I, you know, it's not a mistake if you're doing it again and again. That's yeah. the definition of insanity. It's your business um, practice. It's your business model, right? right? So yes. just call it what it is and be a little bit more transparent. And I think people would ease up on the bad bad guys perception it's their lack of transparency uh, on pretty much every game that they've released right mm-hmm. yeah uh, they hide things uh they they, they introduce uh you know new word games like you know surprise, surprise mechanics, mechanics right, right? <laughs> you know? i mean i just like i think about these guys and i'm like guys guys it's easy honesty yeah that that's the mm. first place you start you know it's just we just want guys we just want to make uh all of the money <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, if they were upfront and said that, yeah. then, you know, what would happen? Well, yeah. But I, I think, know. I think I honestly, no it would be, it would be, you know, I don't know. I've always said, like, they, what they did with their uh, sports franchises and what other companies have follow suit with, right? With those games, it's just, it's, uh, it's sickening, man. It's like, man, we, look, first of all, first of all, you essentially do a roster update every year to this game and do very minor, tech, minor technological improvements. But you charge us full price for that game every year, right? And maybe every 10 years you introduce like a major like redesign uh, of the UI, some really like significant uh, um, uh, AI uh, yeah, improvements, right? But for the most part, it's just, I mean, I'm sure you're just recycling the technology that you've had. You're just slapping a new, uh, a new picture <laughs> on the, on the cover and charging us, uh, uh, you know, 60 bucks again. But then you take that and you say, well, you know what? Now we're going to take all of these players that you used to get in the game and put them behind, uh, <laughs> you know, loot boxes, right? <laughs> like <Yes>. random, <laughs> yep. you know, right. like yep. maybe you'll get that player. Maybe you want It's like, when did that happen? When did, and when did we agree <laughs> to that? When did we agree to let that happen? That was the biggest, oh uh, man. I think that that was the beginning of the end. That was the first domino to go over. We let that happen, man. And look, dude, now they're trying to get their, you know, money wherever they can. You know what I mean? When, when I think we should have been, a little more resistant to that, you know? But uh, Well, you know, but the thing is, this might just be masking the overall cost of development for the game, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, honest to God, prices in a lot of games haven't changed over the years, and we, we've known this. We, we see it on the right. horizon, right? So now right. companies are trying to come up with intelligent ways, right, economically intelligent ways to, to recoup the, the, the expenses that they pour into these development studios. I, I think that also the, the um, right, the game cost hasn't gone up, but I think their overhead has gone down to a degree, right? Like, they're not making, you know, cartridges like they used to, you know what I mean? Right, like, right. I mean, they, so the the material cost of making the game for them, 
I'm sure has gone down. And I'm not saying that that justifies the lack of change in price. But I mean, you know, I, I don't know, dude. I don't know. Record we can have this discussion all day long, I'm, I'm <laughs> sure, right? <laughs> well, it, it, it's just a shame that the guy has to say, oh, uh, well, and I still struggle with the external perception. It's not an external perception, buddy. You know, just, at this stage, take it on and fix it. It just you is, know? bro. Right? Yeah. It just is what it is. Yeah. Fix it. You yeah. guys can do this. Well, it's the problem possible. is that when you acknowledge right. a problem, you're probably going to have to... Uh, acknowledge that it needs a solution do something and they don't want to do it yeah (laughs) they don't want to do it that's it all right Right, as long as they can point to the yeah let's move on right yeah (laughs) yeah well we we have just uh taken a trip through the valley let's go to the mountaintop yes tenacon 2019 just went down Uh, digital extremes they're the developer of warframe and people absolutely love this game they love this studio and yeah, for good reason too. But I'm just going to ask you guys the basic question. What drives people to play this game? Why do people love Digital Extremes so very much? You you first, Eric. Man, well, okay. So the game is good. Just at its base level. The game is a good loot, shoot, grind, get all the mats, do all the things. And yeah. it has a lot of fun mechanics and all this other stuff. But honest to God, I think that the real reason is, yeah, it's a free-to-play game. And yeah, you can get into it and you can pay for things. But the developer DE is so transparent. They're so upfront about everything that they're doing. When they make a mistake, they're like, huh, we made a mistake. When they do things well, they say, yeah, uh, do you guys like it? And if people say, yeah, we're not really into it, they say, okay, Let's think about this again. And so they go back to the drawing board and they do this repeatedly. Hell, they've been doing this since 2013. Mm -hmm. So this is the thing about this developer is that they listen to their fans. And I think that's what really endears them. I mean, just this the fact that every year now they're doing this uh, Tenacon where they get to show off stuff, but it's not like you see in other uh, types of uh, performances like like at E3 and stuff. Nothing's on the rails. Right, they're willing to show the the dirty underbelly as well, mm-hmm, and, yeah. and on top of that, they also do things like they take care of their people. People love working for DE, mm-hmm. so uh, that speaks well of every the whole corporate culture that they've got going on. Very yeah. different than other studios that we've been hearing about this year. Almost any studio, really. Yeah, I mean they, yeah, they definitely crunch, like no doubt, right? I mean, you can see they're exhausted when they get to a release. But um, it's they've got this passion for it. It's I think that the the origin of Crunch is kind of what they're still driving to do, you know, and, and to release stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So but the, but the game itself also is like I mean it's Space Ninjas. Come on, uh, what can go wrong? <laughs> right. No kidding. No yes. kidding. Yeah. And I mean you know the the nice thing about the game, Manny, and and I can attest to this, right? I, I Eric, I'm so glad that you know he was able to come and and hop on here because he really is. You know, he's the dojo master, right? He's in there, (laughs) even in the lulls, right? When we all kind of run our, you know, go our own separate ways. He's always just, I mean, he's always in there, um, you know, tweaking the dojo, making it nice. So when we all come back, it's like, oh man, look at this place. It looks awesome, you know? And we always (laughs) have someone there to re-show us the ropes, you know? But, um, But man, you know, I think the other thing for me uh, is that it is a great game to complement 
all of the other games that we play, right? Um, you can go away from this game. I did for months and months and months, like a lot of our other friends have, Eric. And uh, yeah. and now I'm, dude. I'm like, I go back in there, and it, there's a bit of a learning curve, but um, but you know, you can just pick up right where you left off, man. And then there's a ton of stuff for you to do now, right? It's like, holy crap, there's new story missions. There's new, there's a whole new UI. There's a, you know, they've, they've tweaked a lot of the systems that were there when I left. And now they're totally different. It's almost like playing uh, a different game, but a better game. Yeah. Let, let's talk about that. What are some of the changes that they've brought that kind of, uh, you're telling me in discord a little bit, Eric, what they're doing to, to make this kind of a, a better experience for people and what the kind of focus uh, they're going in. Well, I think at the heart of Warframe is its community. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, they, the developer spends a tremendous amount of time reaching out to the community, like I've already said. So the, you know, the game started off in 2013 as kind of on the rails dungeon crawler. You might as well. I mean, you yeah. just, you ran down corridors and you shot stuff, mm-hmm. right? Um, where it is now, they've got, you know, the, they've got two open worlds. Uh, they've just done a complete remaster of their first open world. They're going back through the planets and remastering them. They've been doing that since 2016, going back through the planets and, and upping, updating the, the tile sets. So they've been tweaking a lot of the mechanics as they go along. But the biggest change uh, over the last couple of years has been the expansion of the dojo system. Uh, with the alliances and and everything else that you can now have uh, entire communities, and and what they showed us yesterday uh, is is it. I don't know if you want to get into it right now, but it's it it just blows my mind because they're uh, they've they've said straight up, we're going to move away from a game that's focused on looting and shooting and things like that. Yeah, there's still going to be that fun game mechanic or that game loop, but we're now going to focus on connection. It's the connections between each of you as players uh, and with the rest of the community that, that we want to focus on. It's it's being able to have a seamless, immersive experience with your friends. So mm. it's just a it's a it's almost like a complete philosophical change for the game. They're, they're, they've said again and again on their dev streams, which they have every two weeks, that they're you know that they're finally getting the chance to make the game that they wanted to make back in 2006. So it's amazing. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's great. It's great. So let's let's talk a bit about uh, TennoCon. Uh, we have a write up here from Polygon. They kind of pointed out a few of the important points, so we're going to kind of use this as a guide. But I don't, I don't play this game. I don't, and I, I physically he can't, cannot. He can't play this game, <laughs> poor guy. Yeah, uh, yeah. I have, I do have motion sickness issues with certain games, and this is one of them. Boo. So I've, I've had to steer clear of this game uh, unless uh, I wanted to become really sick. But Andy, yes, take take the wheel here, buddy. Run Got us you. through some of this stuff, and I'm, I'm curious to hear. Because I've watched all the videos and stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm I'm curious to hear your take and, and Eric's take okay. on on what they're doing. Nice, nice. Well, uh, just as Manny said, you know, using the Polygon article sort of as a as an outline, um, the Empyrean expansion. Uh, the next expansion coming to Warframe isn't an expansion in the traditional sense. Instead uh, of a new isolated environment, Empyrean is an expansion built with existing game worlds and systems. A new player-owned and customized spaceship, the Railjack, serves as the vehicle to explore new parts of old worlds uh, and engage a massive fleet. Uh, uh, engage in massive fleet battles against old enemies. 
Um, so that's sort of a little synopsis of of uh, the Railjack uh, system. But um, but Eric, how did that look, dude? They're going to be bringing an entirely new game engine. Mm-hmm. So in just in terms of looks, it's a huge visual upgrade. Right. Um, you know, just mm. just in that alone, right? They're going back through and they're doing everything. How did it look? It it looked freaking awesome because you know the the dojo is where your clan gets together. Yes, and um and you're able to research a bunch of stuff and hang out there if you want. But it's also a place to launch on missions. Right now it is with this now expansion because in the past the dojo, like Eric was saying, uh the purpose of the dojo was I you know from from my perspective more of a social space. Right, we would all go there even yeah. if we were all playing, um you know different activities um we would you could you could all go to your dojo um and the dojo is completely customizable but for the most part it's its purpose was aesthetic right because a lot of the things that you could do in the dojo you can do from your ship right you didn't necessarily have to go there uh one of the i think functionally one of the things that the dojo provided was uh the ability or a space to be able to uh, do transactions with other people, right? So if you were trading mods or if you were uh, buying uh, items uh, with actual plat- uh, platinum, uh, the dojo gave you a space to do that without, you know, circumventing some of the systems that were in place in the game. And then, of course, it gave you access to weapons and frames and other items that you couldn't otherwise get from uh, uh, other uh npcs in the game but outside of that really it didn't have a functional purpose now with this expansion like eric's about to break down for us uh it actually has uh, a huge purpose right uh and and you were going to say eric uh, about uh, that's that's where the these uh, ship battles were going to launch from oh yeah well and it's just it's not just about ship battles either so okay there's the lore aspects of it as well. So mm-hmm. the, the, you have a, a docking bay in your dojo now where this railjack comes in, and it is a squad-driven ship. Mm-hmm. Everybody has positions on the ship. You run around. It has an interior space. The skybox outside is an active play space, so it's not just a box, right. right? So you are moving on the ship with your with your squad through space, and the notion that they have is that you will now travel from place to place within the game universe on your spaceship. You'll have things that you encounter on the way. There are specific missions that you can decide to do. Um, and Steve Sinclair, the, one of the lead directors, said that you know he, he didn't want to just release an, yet another kind of open world expansion that's a little box that you go play in for a little while and then go back to the core game. This is a complete revamp of how the game is structured. Mm-hmm. Everything is designed around this, the you know, being able to move from place to place on the spaceship. So and there's just a ton of stuff, man. So correct to, me, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Eric. Just to kind of paint the pictures for those that don't play the game. To me, it's as if uh, we'll use the division as an example, right, Manny? Because Manny plays, he speaks that language. A lot of people that listen to the game have played or play that game. It would be like you pulling up your map in the division right now picking let's say the base of operations right i'm in a mission i want to go to the base of operations because i want to go get something and you click fast travel and then you see the animation of you know just your little circle traveling to the base of operations what eric is talking about now is imagine if maybe instead of doing that a humvee or a tank shows up you and your buddies get into this tank someone drives someone's manning the turret someone's manning the uh 
the uh, the cannon, right? The actual uh, tank. And you're all just battling through from that launch point to wherever it is that you're heading, killing things along the way, right? Or maybe taking on another squad or another tank, you know what that I mean? That sounds like a great expansion, Andy. Dude! Right? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, so in, in the, and not only that, think about it as if you had um, in your Humvee or in your tank, you had NPCs that you had to interact with and you could upgrade the tank or the Humvee. You had, you could upgrade all the different parts of it. Um, the, you know, it all placed itself within the world of the lore. So, you know, you, you, you can hire on crew mm-hmm. onto your spaceship. And they'll be there to help uh, assist, you know, with the upgrades and and everything else. So so the, there's the whole notion of the spaceship itself, but then there's the way that the missions are 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 uh, are now redone, right? Mm-hmm. You can go from planet to planet, but there's stuff that happens on the way, right? And you can leave the ship on autopilot, or you can helm. You can you can take the helm and do what you want. There are battle stations within the ship to do stuff, and not only that. They've promised us, and we'll see. They they showed it last night uh, during the, the the live gameplay per- performance. You can it's like Grand Theft Auto. You can take over other uh, NPC spaceships. You can board them and take <laughs> them over, and then use those spaceships to uh, kind of be, you know add more uh, force to you know your own spaceship. So you can have one of your buddies who takes over another spaceship. Take that control of that spaceship and use it as a backup or wingman for you as you make uh, your your attack. It's just like it it, it it's mind blowing what yes. they've brought. And these aren't small spaceships, right? Like the spaces inside these uh, ships are vast, man. They look, I mean, enormous. So well, it it's the it's the, they're the same size as the corridors that we used to play on as the entirety of the game, right? Right. These are the ships that we used to run through. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we know what it is that we've been boarding for the last five years. Yes, you know <laughs> yeah. what the what, you know what I mean. It's like yeah. it's it's a complete revamp of the way that the game approaches itself. Yes. So uh, that's really again, and there's just. There are so many parts of it, uh, it's even hard to break it down. I mean, the community itself is still having a hard time. You know, here, what, 24 hours later, they're, they're still releasing videos going like, I think I just forgot about this, too. Yes. You know, because mm. that was just the, the sheer quantity of things that they're bringing to, to, to play with the game. But the best part about it is that with this expansion, they're introducing things, something that they call Squad Link. Mm-hmm. So it used to be that when we used to run some of the missions, they would say, uh, you know, hey, a lone, teno op- a lone operative is doing something. We need you to back them up. And we'd always wonder, like, well, who is this Who is this other this other operative? I- I'm the operator, aren't yeah, I? Right. I'm the guy that's doing it. <laughs> oh, you're backing this guy up. Well, now, as it turns out, this squad link uh, is the ability for you to be in-game. You run into a problem or a, a hitch in your own mission set, and you're like, I gotta, I, I need help. I need help. Like, you know, the, the gameplay loop that they showed was that they're trying to attack this large frigate so that they can board it and attack um, this this boss. Well, just like on the Battle of Endor, there's a shield generator down on the planet that the boss calls up and now they're having a hard time fighting through it. So they're like, I can't, we can't get through this. So they, they, they call for help. They send out a squad link and it has, it prioritizes your friends, your clan mates, your alliance mates. And then after that, randos or whoever, but it sends out a broadcast to anybody who's on the planet below and they have the option to opt in to help you out. 
And then if they opt in, they then get a new mission to go do it. So like in this case, these guys, they were just down on the planet fishing, hanging out. They got this squad link. They're like, okay, yeah, we'll do it. Then they saw the shield generator that was aimed up in the sky. They had to go destroy the shield generator so that the guys who were on the spacecraft could then, you know, Board. attack the, uh, the the galleon. Yeah. It was just like... Uh, <laughs> it's mind-blowing, it's, right? it's, Yeah, it's, it's everything that we have been hearing about in the lore brought into game mechanics. And, so and, and, you if know, they pull this off, yeah. it's going to be great. And, it, and the way it looked was, you know, again, to reference uh, Division for those that don't play, similar to like, you know, calling for, for backup when you're having trouble with a mission. Um, but it's, you know, like next level, right? Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's I think, what, what those mechanics aspire to be. Um, and so it looked... Really amazing. Digital Extremes has a history of showing us everything, right? And they don't, you know, <laughs> we won't bring up uh, uh, other examples, but, you know, they don't pull what some other developers pull in, in mm-hmm. that they just polish a nice cinematic and then, you know, that's not actually what we're getting, right? Like these guys show you what they have. This is what it's going to be. They release that a lot of times. And then sometimes, you know, they have to do some fixing, but... You know, they're, they're, they're such a transparent company that, um, you know, it just looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Now, Eric, real quick, it, just to help me understand it a little bit, because there's so many questions that I have, too. Um, the Nemesis system, did you get a good grasp on that? Because yeah. the way— Well, I don't know about a good grasp, but here's the deal. Okay. So, in the past, you know, we would run missions and you kill a boss. Right. And you kill a boss. And you kill a boss. And you're like, didn't I kill this guy 50 times already? Right. And, 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 you know, it was, it sort of broke the immersion a little bit, right? right? You just, it turned it into, yeah, I'm just farming Mm -hmm. now. Well, now when you first start the game, there's going to be an NPC that is assigned to you, your nemesis. As you start progressing through the game, um, they'll, you'll, you'll start hearing about them until eventually you, uh, supposedly from what I understand, you'll encounter them Mm -hmm. and then you'll kill them. Well, the thing is, is they've been infused with the kind of chemical that's in game um, that, that, you know, it's part of the lore and stuff, meaning that they can never die. Mm-hmm. So you kill them and they come back to life, but they've become smarter. Now that you've killed them, they have taken on some of the powers that you use to kill them. Mm-hmm. So now they're harder to beat. And it's uh, and you so you can keep uh, eventually they'll start attacking you. Kind of like they already had a mechanic in game called the stalker where there was a high level character who would come in and just, you know, beat up on you. And then if you were able to eventually start defeating him, um, he would, it would rank up. Well, now this is a guy that is tailored to your actual play style. Yeah. Uh, and each one of us will have one of these. And as you assassinate them mm. again and again and again, they become more powerful. They take on all those powers, man. That's going to be pretty darn cool. Like there's so much depth in this game. For sure. And they're just bringing like more and more levels. They, they talked about this new, uh, this new world, right? There's a new world, a new enemy. Andy, tell us about this. Uh, what? How do you pronounce this? The du- the Duviri paradox. Their new open uh, world, right, Eric? 
I, we don't know. Uh, we, <laughs> we think assume. it might be. <laughs> we assume, right, yeah. <laughs> we think it might be, but uh, what we got was a fantastic cinematic trailer at mm-hmm. the end of it. And it's uh, and, it, and there's story-based again, right? Um, it, it raised more questions than it gave answers to. Right. Uh, it was, I, I left, the, at the end of the, the, the cinematic trailer, I was like, I have no idea what I was just watching. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and then to, you know, w- Without getting too far down a rabbit hole, because this in and of itself could could lead us down that, um, you know, they they're it seems like they're expanding on the lore of you know your character, the operator, which they have done already several times, cleaned up the story so well. Some of the best story missions in any game uh, they've already delivered for us, and this looks to be uh, on the level of some of the some of the stuff that we've already played through. Right, this the. Um, the, the second war and all that stuff, right? Am I am I rem- yeah. remembering that correctly? Well, there's the second dream. That's the, the second dream. That's kind of the benchmark, right? But yeah, I, it, it, yeah. This this, this one's going to build on that as well. Yeah. Um. So it, it's going to answer a lot of the things that the community's been asking for is, uh, mm-hmm. you know, lore based questions like yes. why why are we doing this? What what is what is it that we're actually fighting for? Uh-huh. Who are we? Right. Kind of a question. Sort of. And so that's what this is going to be posing for us. It'll be I what I imagine. Uh, if you know Bungie delivers on this, you know this uh, darkness slash pyramid ship thing, where everybody's speculating, speculating, speculating. Well, this is sort of that level of like, hey, here you go. Here's now we're gonna show you what this is, and it's you know surprise. It's you know Cade Six, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right, holy right. crap! Yeah, well, what is going on? So, um. This trailer was really cool. Really exciting. Like this man. this monochromatic world, these crazy cool, super mm-hmm. cool looking horse dude. Yeah. This giant space whale dragon thing. Mm-hmm. Like it was it was exciting to look at. Like mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know what I'm looking at. And I was I was it watching was this trailer and my wife was there and she's like, What are you watching? And it's like Dune. Yeah. It <laughs> looks like something out of Dune, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was it was trippy, man. It mm-hmm. was um you know, and and again, it's going to be another advancement of the story. And mm-hmm. I, I think the problem we've got is uh, some some folks are saying, "Oh, well, it's just a new faction." Yeah, it is a new faction, but it's it's more to it. It's a faction that's got its origins. At, at least it appears to have its origins in stuff that was you know as far back as when the first the game first released. Mm-hmm. Right? It's yeah. It, it's like they've just decided to start building on the game. It's like I, they're. They're, they're opening Pandora's box, basically, right. on this. And yeah. We have no idea what's flying out of it right, right now. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting, man. It'll be interesting. We also have the new war. Another trailer that we got, right, Eric? Um, yep, yep. We, we're going from the old war, which is, you know, uh, a, I'm not mistaken, right? It is a story mission, isn't it? Well, yeah, it's going to be. Uh, it, it again, it, it advances the story a little bit. Um, well, probably a lot. Um, in the in the game system, we don't know how long ago this old war happened, but it basically destroyed the entire series, all the different civilizations. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, the new war is um, the the basically the things that we sent out from the star system to colonize another star system have come back and they're pissed. Mm-hmm. That's basically what it is. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so it's, 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 again, it advances on one of the factions, um, explains the story, but then there's also this, um, the, the central loop of it is that the, the main 
I don't know, assistant or benefactor that we had in the game. Space uh, mom? We, space mom, Lotus, <laughs> right? She was the one who had helped guide us through all of these things. Well, she defected to the other side because she, as it turned, I don't want to really say spoilers. Yeah, I don't want to do a bunch of spoilers here, but but she's she's gone. And we don't know if she's coming back. What? But if she go, if she comes back, she might be angry. Mm. So, it, it again, a, a whole nother series of things that we could talk about for the next twenty minutes. It's yes. um, we've been waiting for this new war for several years now, and it looks dope. Yes, <laughs> and it, yeah, looks it looks like, like it's, it's coming Christmas deliver. of twenty nineteen. Heck yeah. That's what they're saying. Um, although they on stage they said, "Well, that's going to be pretty." Um, it, it, just because they're again they're having to redo entire tile sets, the way that they approach things, yeah. games, yeah. mechanics. Yeah. It's just it's huge. So, so it's like a remastering in progress. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and they have a they do have a history to be honest of things deadlines that they don't meet. Right? Sure. So it's like the, the joke open in the community it. is soon, but they're totally open about it. They're yeah. like, "This was hard." Yeah, we, yes. we we couldn't do it. It was hard. Yeah, mm. you know. So, um, so this one they're saying, this has been hard, <laughs> and that's why it's not out yet. You know, it's it's so, a huge task that they've taken on, and sure. from what I see here, this is like this is hitting really high notes with the community. So this this yeah. everything they're doing has been really positive. I've only seen positive stuff coming out of uh, Tenocon so far. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then uh, finally, uh, we have uh, Nightwave Series Two. Now, this is admittedly for me uh, part of the game that has been introduced uh, since I took my break. Right, I stepped out of the game, started playing some other stuff, uh, made it to Mastery Rank Twelve, um, and and then they they did small updates since I've been gone. Um, cool updates, very cool, uh, but not huge enough for me to say oh, I'm gonna jump back in because a lot of other stuff was out, right? But Nightwave, the Nightwave system is one of those in, uh, systems that have been put in place since I left. I'm starting to feel my way through it now, but um, break it down for us a little bit, Eric. Well, it is hard. It's just a battle pass system, right? Mm-hmm. The one of the questions that veteran players had was, why should I log in? I've done everything, right? Right the night wave came on again to sort of build on the lore a little bit again, and also to encourage community members to play with one another. Cause there were, there was things that you had to do as team. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was a bit of a grind fest. The first iteration of it, it was the first time they'd done a battle pass sort of system where you could earn loot, uh, through a, a ladder progression. Right. Uh, so this night wave series two, uh, it, 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 we now have to fight against a, a, one of the specific factions, and um, I haven't actually even started it yet. Um, but again, it's a free battle pass. It's just part of the core game. Mm-hmm. You, you don't have to pay in anything else to play it, but it gives it shapes the. It provides an answer to that question about what am I going to do tonight, mm-hmm. right? If you don't have something already and goals already, then the, here's a goal that's provided for you when you log on. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's good too because it usually takes uh, maybe take you out of your comfort zone a little bit because of some of the the, the tasks that you have to do mm-hmm. are a little different maybe than you may be accustomed to. So it, it's um it kind of revitalized it. I think back at the beginning of our, this episode tonight, guys, uh, you know, I, I think Andy, you said that the, there had been a bit of a slump in the community, yeah. right? A, kind of a lull. Right. Uh, Nightwave was 
to answer that while we waited for things like the new war and Railjack mm-hmm. and all of the things that they just told us about yesterday. So it's live now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm working on actually. I'm working on it uh, currently. I I did hop back into the game in full force. I think I am back. I was just telling Manny, man, my relationship with Warframe is an unhealthy uh, relationship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The first thing I asked Andy yeah. is, how is it affecting your pocketbook? I said, well. <laughs> if I'm honest. <laughs> he said, well, and there was a big pause to yeah. that. That was all the answer I was looking for. Man, it's, a, it's yeah. it, you know what, dude? It, they've done such an exceptional job with this game um, that, you know, and it's free to play, right? You don't have to support the game if you don't want to. Um, but, you know, a lot of the systems, the, the the level of updating and introducing new weapons, new frames, there's like, how many frames, uh, Eric? Oh God, uh, thirty-seven at, right yeah, now. I think at if I'm not least wrong, thirty uh, unlimited frames. <laughs> no, no. Each of them, <laughs> each of them, uh, very unique with its own playstyle, overpowered as heck. You know, some certainly better than others, but all of them useful. All of them fun. All of them change the way you play enough to feel uh, fresh. Um, and all of them farmable, right? You can get them free. Uh, you don't have to pay for them, but um, right. You know, right. it, it makes it easy to to uh, throw some some funds their way when, when they're such a good developer. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and so there's an answer to the question also, like we've talked a lot about stuff already. Um, but if you haven't played Warframe yet, there's the whole question of like, God, that sounds like a huge ass game. Well, how am I going to get into it? Well, now they're going back to the drawing board as well to try to introduce the new players. Uh, they're redoing their new player experience because that's been one of the complaints about the game is it's, it's massively complex right and it can be a bit daunting for new players to come in it is absolutely so, not an easy game to pick up yeah right <laughs> yeah I mean, there's because it's, it's got years of, of development under its systems, under its belt right systems even Just, yeah that you have to learn. yeah exactly so so what they've done is they said well we understand that that's that's difficult so they uh one of the well there's a guy out there who decided that he would provide them a cinematic trailer uh, his name is dan trachtenberg and um, he's a guy, he, he's actually the director for 10 Cloverfield Lane and Black Mirror. Mm-hmm. But it, as it turns out, he's actually a massive Warframe fan himself. And so he provided a, uh, just a kind of a breath, well, it's just a, it's a breathtaking trailer that introduces the new player to the game world, uh, which was something that was sorely needed. So, you, you know, even if you have no intentions of playing the game, just look for, um, you know, uh, Warframe trailer new player and yeah and it'll it'll pop right up uh it's it's really well done just really well done nice so any other highlights about uh tenacon 2019 that you guys want to do uh talk about before we get out of here yeah i don't want to drag it on too much but there was there was one thing um you know Bungie sort of set the bar, or actually Guardian Con set the bar not too long ago for being able to do donations to charitable causes. Um, so, you know, DE sort of followed in their, in that kind of same vein. And so a lot of the stuff that they, they provided over $250,000 to the uh, Canadian Mental Health Association. Association. Yeah. So that, you know, uh, to me that, that again speaks to the company as a culture, Right. Uh, you know, mental health is a real important thing, and I'm sure it's definitely an important thing for game developers, 
right? A lot of stress, a lot of depression, mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. Uh, and I think there's a gamer or two of us out here who have struggled with mental health issues. Mm-hmm. So just to see a developer willing to lay some of the money on the line uh, and make those donations and then con- and ask the community to also contribute, you know, think about instead of maybe spending money on a, on a cup of coffee, go ahead and contribute to a charitable cause. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that, that was a highlight for me. Yeah, a lot of exciting stuff coming out this year. And man, I keep w- wanting to try to play this game again. And every time I do, I regret it. Hmm. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we'll yeah, see. The, I the mean, movement mechanics, yeah. I can probably rough. try and play it on PC and get some smoother frame rates and stuff. And um, But it's the whole corridor mechanic that is so heavy in the game that really messes me up. But hey, if that's not your problem, then uh, you should definitely check out Warframe. Man, I'm you know I've said it in the past, and I'll say it again. Don't deny yourself the opportunity to uh, play this game. It is one of the most incredible experiences that you'll have, uh, and it's free. It costs you mm-hmm. nothing. Absolutely free. Um, <laughs> yeah. Now, that being said, beware. Yeah. Beware. Yeah. Because if you fall in love with this game, as I have, uh, it will hit your pocketbook. <laughs> uh, it will uh, hit yeah. your pocketbook. Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, but it's a great game. Now, you know, and I've said, I've said it in the past, Manny, you know, some of the systems that are in there, if they existed in anything but a free-to-play game, I think we would lose our minds, you know what I mean? But the way DE has implemented a lot of that stuff and how receptive they are to um, feedback, you know, makes it easy for... And the fact that you can get a lot of this stuff without having to pay a dime, many people have. You know, you can even get your hands on in-game currency that costs real money without spending a dime. There are, you know... um, Neoness, right? Isn't he one of them? Yeah, he's he's well, yeah. He yeah. dude, he, he he's the one that provides a lot of guidance on how to trade between players because there is an in-game currency system without uh, spending and there's also money. an in-game economy. Yeah, that and that's his whole thing too. He's all like, you don't have to spend any money now. There's a lot of wheeling and dealing and hustling you got to do in that. <laughs> you know, but that's a mini game yeah. in and of itself. You know what I mean for right. a lot of people. But uh, <laughs> yeah. um, yeah, there's there's so many ways for you to get in there. Uh, play this game for free um, and still it gives you the ability the game gives you the ability to get your hands on real platinum that costs money that is the currency that moves the game right um, yeah and and you don't have to spend anything right so and I think the the, the final thing I, I want to leave with is that a lot of times with these games you know looter shooters especially they're all randomized mm-hmm. the we don't know what we're going to get we don't necessarily know what we're building towards. We're hoping for a drop. That's the drive. Uh, DE approaches this a little differently. They've done away with loot boxes. They they did away with randomized loot boxes before they had to. Um, and they also yeah. uh, have completely published all of their drop table rates. You know precisely how to get a thing and what you have to do to get it. You may have to spend some time doing it and it may have a percentage, but you know what that percentage drop chance is. Mm-hmm. So you go into it 
with full knowledge of what kind of gameplay experience you're going to have. Uh, that's the part that I really appreciate because one of the things that I detest in some of these games is the heavy reliance on randomized RNG. generation, yeah. right? You don't know what your chance is. And so you're constantly, you know, trying to go in again and again and again, and you have no idea, am I going to get it today? I, don't, I have no idea. Dude, I don't even know if it's a one in a million chance or not. Furthermore, right? furthermore, not not just the percentage drop, but exactly exactly where to find it this mission drops it this type of mission drop it drops this mod this enemy has the you know is is where uh you get that mod from there's all sorts of resources online to let you know hey I want to get a Gallahorn, right (laughs) I want to get I want to get you know uh uh you know a um uh whatever backpack from division check it look it up on the website and or on on online and it'll show you exactly which enemy on which mission drops it and what your percent chance of getting that is yeah right it it, and you know and anything that you want to build in game because there is an in-game crafting system you know precisely what it's going to take to build it and you know where you should go to find it Mm -hmm. to all the different parts to make it Mm -hmm. so you know that to me um, again, speaks well for the developer, but I mean, it, what it does is it, it removes a lot of the, the kind of ugliness that we see in a lot of these type of free-to-play games where they keep you kind of hanging on all the time. So, you know, if that's something that ever, you know, for anybody who's listening, if you ever played any of these free-to-play games and that, that left a sour taste in your mouth, uh, Warframe doesn't have that. You can go in and know precisely the kind of gameplay experience you're gonna you're gonna have. Mm-hmm. The, nothing's hidden, for sure. You know, some of the stuff might be a little hard to get. Uh, you know, as in any game, <laughs> you might spend a long time yeah. doing it, but but at least you know what you're in for, for sure. Well, very cool. That was TenCon 2019. Eric, thank you so much, dude, for dropping by and hanging out with us tonight. Yeah, Derek. Oh man, I, yeah, dude. Thanks a lot. I mean, obviously, I I love this game. It's my uh, kind of my side piece. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, my 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 main focus is to hang out with my friends uh, Flavors and Lurson on uh, on Outplayed. Um, but uh, you know, and, and play the games with them. But uh, uh, Warframe is a great place to come and hang out with uh, you know other people or just to spend some chill time. Mm-hmm. Yep. When he's not uh, on Outplayed or felling trees, he's in uh, Warframe. That's right. There you go. That's right. I saw that picture. You cutting a tree down, buddy. Yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> seriously, uh, Eric. Thank you so much for coming on, man. You you are you are absolutely you know one of the top three people I look for when when there's anything Warframe related, man. Um, and and also, I appreciate what you've done with the dojo. It looks it's coming along. <laughs> I know it's always a work in progress for you, but. Well, yeah, it gets my interior designer uh, on in there. But, <laughs> no, but honestly, guys, thanks a lot for letting me uh, come on and, and, and prattle on about a game that I love so much. Oh, man. It's, it's oh, absolutely. That was a good time, that. for sure. And I want to say thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. We really appreciate that you do this for us. Um, it, it's really great, and it kind of helps free us to do other projects, like uh, the Division podcast, Rogue Agent Down, So thank you so much for supporting us. We really appreciate it. And if you have any feedback for us whatsoever, just go to GamingAdventureClub.com and leave us some feedback. So let's get out of here, boys. Let's do it. So until next time, have an adventurous week. 
and take care of each other. Come be Space Ninjas with us. (laughs) 